Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet? Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Indianapolis, the Indiana Convention Center. That's kind of like the radio row, I guess. We're on the other side of the curtain. It's We're where setup. the big ballers are. A lot of people here. A lot of people here. We're here. We're here for the You're rest here, of the day. Mike. Uh, he Mike says McDaniel. he's happy to be here right I'm now. I don't here. know. We played a rant earlier in the show. Bit. It was just a bit. I was trying to make Peter <laughs> yeah. feel better than you he was. You are not coming. a comedian. You don't have to make bits, okay? I was trying to make. Just shut up. I'll give you a bit right here. You want a bit? I got a bit for you. Uh, I was trying to make Peter feel better that he wasn't coming. Although Peter didn't want to come at all. Peter had no desire. Peter, oh, he's done. Peter picked retirement this week. Yeah, yeah. He said the hell with he all that. He does not want to come here. Right. And really, I mean, if you're not going to, because what he does, one of the things I learned from him, you know, he'll come to events like this and he will bank information and analysis that he can use. Of course. In the future. Yes. And he uses it all season long. So yeah. if you're not going to be here in the season, you don't need to bank the information. Yeah, that's right. That's I, why it takes that whole month. Training camp tour, yeah. an entire month of his life, he's on the road. You've no, been with I'm, him. Listen, I'm big into that. I'm big into that. This is, this is a Super Bowl, this time of the year right here, what we're doing. That's why hotel's important to me sometimes. I want to be in the hotel where all the big ballers are, yeah. the people, because I get – information, little gleams and things like this where you start to go, hmm, oh, now You just go I, up and harass now, them physically until they tell you something well, so you'll leave you them just, alone. Well, it gives you it's a just, good technique. It, it gives you, like, some inklings, like you said. Like, we have a topic that will come up late in March, and I'm going to go, oh, you know, I talked to that coach, and he kind of talked about this a little, and I'll feel like, we're gonna, hey, hey, we're going to get some inklings something. here soon. We got some inklings You got to blow the horn. Here. You got to blow uh, the horn. Uh, here he comes. Uh, Head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, Kevin O'Connell, walking on live. This is live, so you can't say shit or piss or hell or damn. We can. You're allowed to say whatever. It doesn't matter. Good to see you. We're on app now. I mean, so, you know, we're Peacock. You can say whatever you want, really. You always have the best gear, though. Look, you got the... Without the colors, it's like the gray Vikings. You have oh, the you good. always have the great hoodie that they don't sell. Yeah. Like I'm always looking to I buy get, the hoodie that coach wears during the game. Which can't what sell. What he's saying is probably going to get me in trouble in some capacity <laughs> for wearing something I'm not supposed to wear. So thank you for that. No. How are you? Doing great, man. How are you guys doing? We're great, man. Are you a swearer? Are you a cusser? Are you a uh, are you a, do you let Kirk and company have it every now and then? I, I pick my spots. Yeah. I try not to be. I mean, to me, to me, if you've got a if you need that to get your point across, there's a time and a place. Well, you're in the sure. wrong place because yeah. we use it to make our points all the time. <laughs> you, have, you have a good way of looking at people, though. That's yeah. where you're, you have a good look where you're like, why the hell did you do that? Like, well, you have that. You have the that. best way to get that look is to see it many, many, many times. And I didn't always have to look in the mirror to see that look because a lot of the coaches I had gave me that look. So I can tell you I know exactly what look you're talking about. Okay, all right, good. You said one last yeah. thing before he asks you serious questions. I'm asking <laughs> serious questions. Do you know the pro? I mean, this, what's happened to this guy this year, uh, right? This was Kirk Cousins, I love him, I love him not. And now it's I love him so much, give him the keys to the organization and give him $100 million guaranteed. I never said I mean, that. he turned the page here. That. It's incredible. You know what? It's your fault. Well, well I feel like You know like why it's your fault? Like because this. last year you told us he's going to be so much better this year because it's the first time in seven years he's got the same person yeah. in his ear. And he, and he was. That game against the 49ers. Yep. Which, uh, there's no chance. It's the 49ers. It was the best game of his career. 
and then he follows it up going six to Lambeau days later. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that was probably you know I've been through some injuries at the quarterback position coaching uh, in this league, and you know shoot, I was on the sidelines as a backup quarterback when Tom Brady tore his yeah, ACL in, right. in the opener uh, against Kansas City my rookie year. But that was probably you know right along Alex Smith's injury in Washington. I mean, as impactful as any on me, just because you're. No, you're in it. You're in the fight with a guy every single day. You're watching him do everything he can, uh, really maximizing his opportunity. And, and just started off 0-3. We, we literally, I remember uh, the, the Monday after the, the Charger game at home, we, we go 0-3, and, and I talked to our team about, you know, the opportunity to deal with this adversity the right way. And we were holding the pen, writing our story that, uh, the first chapter didn't go the way we wanted, but this, you know, and I have the confidence that we're going to get to where we're going. And I, I said because of guys like Kirk and how they work and what we're going to be as a finished product this year, when that happened, it just you know, it took the wind out of your sails a little yeah. bit. Because not only just for our team and how much Kirk meant to our team, uh, you know, for the 2023 season and where he had gotten to, but also just for Kirk himself because I know how much confidence he has in himself. Uh, you know, he's going into free agency, you know, guys not afraid to bet on himself. A lot of respect for a guy in this day and age still willing to do that um, and to have that happen to him. Uh, I can tell you it was, it's been awesome seeing his recovery and his, his rehab. I know everybody got to see uh, the video recently he put out there, but we've been getting to see, you know, in-house with our trainers and some of the folks he works with that Kirk's in a great spot, and, and that's not a surprise to me the way he attacks things on a daily basis. But with him betting on himself, I mean, there's a chance he's going to find a a jackpot somewhere else. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, anytime free agency is involved, uh, you know, we can uh, we can have plans, and, and Kirk knows, you know, how I personally feel about him. He knows how our organization feels about him. Uh, I believe Kirk wants to be a Minnesota Viking. I do believe uh, that. I've had some great dialogue with him pretty much weekly throughout the offseason, uh, you know, leading into kind of as we step foot in Indy for the Combine. Uh, but there's a process, Mike, you know that, that that's got to play out. And uh, I think if for us to, you know, be able to get to the place where we can come to an agreement and have Kirk Cousins as our quarterback moving forward, which is what, you know, I would love to see happen, uh, we're going to have to find that, that space, that common ground. But ultimately, knowing uh, both parties want the same outcome, I do believe, uh, I feel strongly we're going to be able to get something done. And if I may be reading between the lines here, and I may be completely off base. It happens all the time. I almost feel like... He needs to, and you need him to, see what else might be out there before he can make his decision to stick around. I don't know. Needs probably the wrong word. I just think it's the opportunity. This isn't his first time betting on himself and, uh, you know, entering free agency. And I think he's earned that right. And like I said, in this day and age, and you know, a lot of a lot of the questions we're asking guys at this very combine when we get them in informal interviews revolve around handling adversity. Uh, having the courage to bet on yourself in a lot of ways is, is is something you're just not seeing that much anymore. Guys being willing to overcome adverse situations, fight like crazy to still be successful where their feet are planted. Um, I do believe that uh, you know Kirk knows how we feel about him, and I think at this point he's earned the right for what's going to transpire over these next few days and weeks. Uh, but my, my confidence is still strong that uh, we're going to have an opportunity for Kirk to be in Minnesota. So back. 100% unequivocally, you want him back. I do want him back. Yes. There it is. Boom. You got him. Put all the flower petals well, back on. You love well, him. No. Here we go. He's not back yet. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> it, that, right. It's encouraging to yeah. know because I do remember sitting in this very hey, right, spot. Right? Maybe right in between yeah. you guys. Well, yeah. it was right uh, after you had thrown five yards short of the sticks on fourth and three when <laughs> Justin Jefferson was technically he open down the field. That's why. He just I just wanted him to throw, throw it to up. Justin. He just wants him to throw it up. Maybe maybe safety he, was flat footed. Maybe he the look a couple times. Maybe he needed Dexter Lawrence a little bit. That's a whole different story right there. Nobody. Nobody ever needs Dexter Lawrence uh, <laughs> around you too closely. Yeah, I see right? Rick Spielman sitting over there. He is very well known for the quote from 11 years ago, we have no intent to trade Percy Harvin. Can you tell me you have no intent to trade Justin Jefferson? I can tell you we uh, have no intent to trade Justin Jefferson. Um, Justin, just dissect that just, comment. Just Justin so you is know. My, well. There's really nothing. Let me dissect it for you. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> you know, we have had zero, we have had zero. Uh, discussions, dialogue uh, about that, uh, you know, either internally, externally, on this planet or another planet. Um, I feel very strongly uh, that Justin is a guy uh, best at his position in football. Uh, anytime you're trying to negotiate a contract, 
to make a guy to really reset the receiver market, uh, you know, which, you know, we, we know who he is. We know what Justin's earned through his, you know, first uh, four years in this league. Anytime you're trying to, Mike, you know how hard it is. Yeah. Two years early to negotiate a deal uh, with the type of player and the confidence Justin have has in himself. Uh, it was never going to be something that would just be easy to get done, but the intent was there. Uh, the intent is still stronger than ever to get something done with Justin, uh, and I look forward to the time we get to do that because I don't like the idea of looking down at a call sheet. Those, those words and letters, uh, they don't look as good. Uh, to me when I know that number 18 is not attached. I hear that. And you got to experience that this year, too. I did. I did. And uh, I think the adversity we went through, you know, I know what, uh, you know, as a young coach, you know, win 13 games our our first year, win a lot of close games. uh, To deal with the adversity that we did this year, I think it's only going to make us better as an organization. Now we've got to build our football team not only for 2024, uh, but have a mindset on sustaining into the future. But we can really take some things from this past season Definitely. and apply it moving forward. To he be thought a you guys were better last year than the year before. I can just tell you that uh, we know some. We, we've learned some hard lessons. Right. We learn you lose football games by turning the football over. You had fumbleitis uh, early in the learn, year. We learned right. that we can overcome adversity uh, like an 0-3 start. Get back to 500. Uh, playing some really good football teams, you know, really five weeks later. Yeah. Um, and then right about the time you feel like it's you've attained going. what your yeah. short-term goal was, you yeah. got to be ready for another, you know, right. right hook standing in the middle of the ring, and you got to respond to that. And that word just continues to resonate. And, and what we're doing right now through this offseason and building into the future, it's all part of, you know, a collective goal of making sure we sustain as an organization and feel very strongly about what we have in place from a leadership standpoint and also the roster that we not only have coming back, but that we can build throughout the process of these next few months. Any overall lesson you had to learn with dealing with four quarterbacks this year? Was there something that, you know, a bright light popped on where you're like, ooh, this is interesting, or I won't do this again, or whatever? Yeah, I just think anytime, uh, anytime you try to figure out exactly what your identity is, either as an offense or a play caller, uh, you better be willing to adapt. You yeah. better be willing to completely... Uh, you know, kind of submerge yourself in a process to do what the guy under center does well and do whatever that guy needs you to do for them uh, to have success. And that's not only the quarterback position. You, you hear coaches probably say it time and time again at these podiums this week. We're trying to build systems that fit our personnel yeah. and what they do best right. because and I think that can be an evolving thing. I hope it doesn't have to be an evolving week-to-week, quarter-to-quarter thing. I hear you there. Um, but year-to-year, no doubt, because that's our jobs as coaches. How do you size up QBs, you know, like when, when you meet them in these draft process here? Yeah. You know, I mean, I feel like there's stuff to glean about the attitude, the presence yeah. of a guy. I mean, you where does your it, mind you go? You know what it's like when you, you know, you get a guy talking football. And, right. You know, they're almost jumping out of their chair explaining a protection or, you know, hey, you pop on a, a play from this game and, you know, they see a still shot of it, 33-yard line, second quarter, second and, and seven. And they know what play is And they know right. exactly what the play is, and they can start what it felt like, what was going through their mind, what they saw, the, you know, the little things that maybe even evaluating and watching that tape ten times, yeah. they might add something to it. Right. Um, it's, it's a really cool time of the year, and I think these guys, there's, you know, there's some really So that resonates with players, you, that energy also, they have when they're explaining ball. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Because yeah. ultimately what, Chris, what I want – you know, I, not just the quarterback position, guys that love football, guys that are tough, smart, accountable to their teammates. The talent level obviously, you know, needs to be there. Um, but you want guys that you're eventually going to probably be dealing with some adversity yeah. right alongside. Right. And you know that they're going to be doing it the right way. And, and you'll have that much more of a chance to overcome it if you got the right kind of guys. Right. I got one more for him if you want. I got go one. Ahead. That, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking through how to word it. it. All right. Go go ahead. Ahead. I'm, I'm just I'm, – I'm, <laughs> I'm, I got one shot. <laughs> I, I, I have this year, again, he would tell you, I've put you in the Chris Sims pantheon for what it's worth of definitely one of the best offensive minds in football right oh, now. Thank you. Hands down. And like the phrase I use sometimes is like simplistically creative. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to explain it or, or what I'm trying to say here more than like, how do you go about yeah. exposing teams' rules? Are you a stealer of plays? I think about the 49ers game. Right? I know yeah. you know what dagger is. Like one guy runs straight and the other guy runs the in cut. Yep. The 49ers play that cover three a lot. Yep. You sent like two guys towards the post and then one guy, like, 
it was the same play but a different version of it. Yeah. I, so I guess is what I'm just – how do you come about with these ideas and things you do to expose defenses? Yeah, I think first and foremost um, – you know, understanding the principles of what's being coached on the other side. The rules uh, of the defense. The rules of the defense and understanding kind of how all 11 on both sides. Right. Can, everybody's got a job to do. Everybody's got keys. Everybody's got playbook rules and responsibilities. And a lot of times, you know, what you're trying to do is you're trying to manipulate. Yeah. Sometimes it's run pass for second-level defenders. Sometimes it's coverage responsibilities. Hey, this guy's responsible for a deep third or quarter or a half, or this guy, you know, is a has a, a B gap fit in the run game. Basically, the B gap between the guard and the tackle, but he's also responsible to defend that 12 yard in cut. How do we put him in a bind in real time? You know, at a at a world class level where it's happening in rhythm on time, right? Um, and we make things easy and digestible for our players. Right. So that's where it you seems see it. Yeah. doing a lot of the similar things and principles, but just figuring out the best way to do it so that Justin and Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson and, and Kirk can have that kind of rapport right. that you might only get one chance to practice it. Yeah. You might be building upon a play that they ran eight to ten weeks ago. And, hey, guys, remember this? This is that, but here's why it's Just different. A tweet. And here's, yeah. like, the why, I think, is the empowering thing as a coach. Right. Like, it does no good for me to know yeah. what we're trying to do and why we're doing it. Right. If when the ball gets kicked off, those 11 guys go out there, they've got to know. And that's what I love about this job. I love teaching that confined time you know you better get it done right now be at your best for these guys because they're they come to expect it each and every week it's what i love about this job yeah yeah cool. i had that one more question i'm going to put a pin in it i want to word it just right thank you so much great seeing I knew you if i went long on that answer the rest of the time ran out the clock thank you so much i got so much love for you guys I we appreciate you so much yeah, yeah. and we wish you all the best we yeah, know it's a crazy yeah. time and we hope that it works out absolutely thanks all right thanks again in comes out goes Kevin O'Connell. Good luck, In comes the two-time defending. Maybe we'll introduce him as the two-time defending Super Bowl Look champion. Look at this. One of these, years. these guys, they played each other this year. Andy Reid and Kevin O'Connell saying hello to each other. Coach Reid's about to join us. Big Red. He's Thanks again, here. Coach. And hello, hey, Coach. Hey, here he is. Congratulations. Appreciate it. You are the man. Uh, every time he shakes my hand, he knows that, he knows he's a quarterback in my way. Bigger than you thought. Take him again. Bigger than you thought. It's probably about a nine. Yeah. There we go. Okay, I'll take a nine. <laughs> I'll take a nine. <laughs> go Coach ahead, you, you got it we're in there? Just, yeah. We're just doing You're the good. Go ahead. Just microphone. We don't got to hook you up or anything. I feel like I'm singing the national anthem. <laughs> you go ahead if you, you got it yeah, in right. No, I don't have it in me. Um, I don't know. There's so much we, I want to talk about. First off, congrats. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Have I, I guess where I want to start as a basic fan, I never saw anything like you guys did this year, and I just would love to hear your thoughts of it. Um, I think you'd agree you didn't play your best football through 18 weeks. Yeah. And then coaches are always like, you know, you just can't flip a switch and then become a good team. And it feels like you guys kind of flipped a switch, and then we're like, we're going to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. How did so, that happen? <laughs> uh, I, I would tell you, Antonio helped us with that at, at the Raiders. Cause oh, he, right. He kicked our tail, and that helped us uh, kind of refocus there, I think. But offensively, we, we had ups and downs, too many drops, too many penalties. And we f- I figured if we straightened that out, we'd be okay. And um, and when we did, good things happened. Um, I, I just uh, – and that, that's probably simplified, but that, that really what it was. And the defense allowed us to do that. Right. And then the other part of it was finding that guy opposite Kels that uh, could kind of complement him yeah, with right. him. And so all of a sudden it brings your target back inside those numbers and you guys can work. <clears throat> we always had that, whether it was Sammy, uh, whether it was Juju last year. Yeah, right. Um, and, and so with Rasheed getting better every week it was just a matter of time and and uh and so when he kind of had it then then we became better there too so had you the ever, defense is the thing that kept us in everything gave I mean, you the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. wiggle room to they, adjust they gave, they gave us an op, they gave the offense an opportunity to to grow ever though have you ever had a team that kind of turned the corner like that at that time of the year that's even comparable to that uh, well, am i that, missing that's one? why i picked that ra- no that's why i picked that raider game because that yeah. was kind of the that thing it. that did it right and it was a pretty drastic move i yeah. mean 
just from a, the mindset. And, right. Um, I, I would say that's kind of the unique part about this team. I, I always felt like whatever they wanted to do, they could do. Mm. It was just a matter of getting themselves uh, in that in that mindset to yeah. do. So. Right. You mentioned the defense. Why is it that Steve Spagnuolo's name never comes up as a serious candidate to get another shot to be a head coach? Yeah, you know, I don't know that. I, um, I, I'm not – I haven't been good at predicting things like that, so I, I went through that with Eric and – and and Spags, I who Spags had an opportunity to do it, um, and every situation is a little different. You know, you don't you don't know exactly what you, is going to happen once you're in an organization. So I would tell you, he surely deserves another shot at it. You can see how he's taken these young guys and taught them. That's a big thing as a head coach on being right. able to take these guys and through that maturation process and and still have them believe in you and. He's got the veterans, Chris Jones, who believes in him. He's got the young guys, uh, you know, McDuffie, who believe in him. He's got the whole gamut there. Right. Trust him and believe in him. And last year we saw um, we, we were growing defensively. It was a little bit like the offense this year. We were growing defensively, and the offense was doing well. And, and Spags just kept teaching and kept teaching and teaching. And then uh, we got in the playoffs and good things happened. Defense, you know, we started playing better on defense. With Patrick Mahomes, at what point did you realize that this isn't just, like, a good quarterback, that this guy is one of the best that's ever put his hand on a football? Yeah, well, when, when I watched him in college, I mean, I felt that way. Brett Veach actually was the one who kind of did that whole thing. He <clears throat> he brought him to, to, to Doris and I after his first game, and he goes, you got to check this guy out. This guy's unbelievable. By, I'm not sure as much after that. He goes, this might be the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, this, Showed you one of my tweets, I believe, too, right? Or something yeah, like that's that. Right. Beach, that's Beach, right. He yeah. gives me a little claim to yeah, fame there. that's yeah. right. Right. And so, um, you know, it, you didn't have to watch much to say if he's wired right now. I didn't know how he, <clears throat> what kind of guy he was at, at that time. But I had heard good things. And... Once, you meet, once we met him, I go, yeah, slam dunk. <laughs> yeah, right. This is easy. Right. How'd you keep it quiet? I mean, because he shouldn't have been the 10th pick. Yeah. I mean, Doris and Veach, that's their deal. They, they, uh, they kept that on the hush. Yeah. And that was important. You know, Doris had gone through that with Brett Favre, that whole experience. And then, you know, Brett was great with it. Just we don't want to talk too much. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Is, right. is Mahomes so, Michael Jordan? Well, yeah. Is he Michael Jordan? Well, he is Michael Jordan. I'll say it for you. Yeah, it, it's but, a different sport. But, yeah, but who are for, you? That's what I want to know. Who are you? If he's Michael Jordan, who are yeah, you? I'm Andy. Man. You're I'm Andy? Just, yeah, <laughs> You're I'm Big Andy. Red? I'm Andy. Yeah, I do my – You're Red Orbach? Yeah. Maybe that's who you are, yeah. Red Orbach. Yeah. Arbach. Arbach. You're right. There you go. There you go. All right, man. Uh, you, you – I mean – one of the things I'm amazed by you and your team is your ability to handle, I don't want to say distractions, but the circus of being a great football team. You had the ultimate circus this year. Coaches, I grew up. I mean, I grew up in Phil Sims and Bill Bar. Oh, distractions, don't do this. You had to deal with damn the Swifties this year. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, was there, well, tell us about that. Was there ever a moment during the year where you were like, whoa, you know, tell your wife in secret, like, I don't know, this might be too much for us. Yeah. Was there anything like that that ever came well, about? Normally it's you guys, man. It's normally the quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> right. The, listen, um, I I really didn't worry about it. I I knew her dad and her mom and um, good solid people, and I I had met her when she was young. Yeah. <clears throat> and they, she's so grounded for who she is. Yeah. I mean, I've, I mentioned somewhere that since the queen has passed away, she might be the most famous woman in the world. I right? don't disagree uh, yeah. with you. You're right. And so. Um, uh, you know, but she handles it. She, it's a. I think it's a great escape for her, where she can come in and she sincerely enjoys the games. Yeah. And kind of behind the scenes, she, uh, you know, to fit in. I, I she didn't even know she was doing this. I don't yeah, think. But right. You know, she likes to cook, so she made the offensive linemen these homemade pop tarts. Oh wow! So it was over. 
What? Right, Taylor <laughs> Smith yeah. homemade yeah. pop tarts. Yeah, so it was over. She knew right where to go. The right to go. Yeah. Did, did you get one? Did you get yeah. yeah. the rest of the it's team? Over. Right. Did they it's give you one? <laughs> no, she didn't give me one. I'm like, <laughs> damn. And the offensive lineman definitely gave me one. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, All right. Well, they get yeah. to the offensive line. That gets to Mahomes' heart. And that's. But at any point in the year where you're like, wow, I, I can't get over. Was it shocking to see the constant talk of it or did you just kind of like whatever we yeah, can handle it was never it and an go issue. On. It, yeah. honestly travis right. handled it great she handled it great and it was never it was never an issue yeah you know? that's a, well that's yeah. a credit to you andy yeah. it really is You're the overtime amazing. in the super bowl i mean it has provided so much fodder for conversation and analysis we all knew what the rule was we just hadn't had it applied and nobody really thought about it when you heard they wanted the ball we saw patrick's eyes he tried to keep his poker face we saw his eyes bulge a little bit what was your reaction when you heard they wanted the ball after they won the toss yeah listen i mean we thought it was the right thing to do to take the ball i mentioned this after the game i mean you probably could have gone either way with it Mm -hmm. i understood why they did it i mean i got it um but we you know mike frazier i gotta give him some props here because um he's the one who every week gives our players certain things that we we need to make sure we get done on that type of thing. So um, the last three weeks, he's been hammering that home about the overtime rule. And and so, um, you know, you could ask our equipment man, and he would have said, take the, you know, don't take, you know, don't take the ball. So yeah. um, you just, uh, that's how it was. Yeah. But, but that situation with their stats and their offense, um, against our defense, you know, you probably could flip a coin on that. Yeah, it's a tough one. It yeah. really is. Got one more for you. Our colleague Peter King's retiring. Yeah. And you and he have been very close, and you've been great by giving him access with the corn dog and the explanation yeah. and the Tom and Jerry. Give us your best Peter King story. Oh, geez. Um, I, you know, I made, well, I made him come. I've never put a, a media folk in the uh, – in the huddle. Yeah, so yeah. I brought him out on the field okay. and put him as close to that huddle as I could get him. Right. <clears throat> and um, he was, his eyes were the size of golf balls. I mean, he was just going, <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, and he could hear all the verbiage. Uh, and so I said, this is your retirement present right here. You yeah, know? There you go. Um, but I, I don't have – he's so – you know, he and I have been doing it so long. And we meet in my – my cubicle at training camp every year for a half hour, 45 minutes, sometimes an hour. Um, and, you know, I, I say, hey, look at us. I mean, we're, we're old dudes, and here we're sitting in here in a cinder block room like we were 20. Man, <laughs> right, you right. Know? So it was uh, – we've done that how many ever years? But it, it's uh, – I'm, I'm honored to call him a friend, and he's a heck of a reporter, um, writer, uh, gentleman, that whole deal. He's got a unique look on life. Yep. I tell him he looks at it through red hair. <laughs> That's right. Well, we appreciate you don't very much. Don't you be retiring like him, all right? We don't want to hear any of that crap, Andy, all right? You hang, <laughs> you hang in there. Only my wife would let me. All That's right, right, good. <laughs> all right, there he is, two-time defending Super Bowl champion Andy Reid. Thank you so much, Coach. Right, and in comes, in comes somebody that knows oh, Coach Reid very well disciple. and who Coach Reid knows very well, Man. Doug Peterson. <laughs> Head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, a Super Bowl winner in his own right with the Philadelphia Eagles hey, back in 2017. Coach Peterson, how are you? Welcome back. Great. I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'd say it's a – what's it like, you know, kind of going in here year two or year three offseason for wow. you, right? It goes it's fast. Going fast. It goes fast. You know, obviously some things never change. Yeah. Um, but uh, – you know, I, I think there's excitement in the air, obviously, because to, to me, this is this kind of kicks off the season. Yeah, right? this kind of gets things gotcha. going. Right. So uh, that's the that's the excitement I think all the clubs have. Yeah, last year you had the like we exceeded expectations when we were sitting here, right? This year it, it's a different feeling, right? For a lot of reasons, but I mean, kind of explain to us at least a little bit the year, yeah. how it went. Well, and, and the expectations those. were still there. Yeah, um, they were, especially when we were eight and three. You know, and, and, and the conversation around us was, uh, you know, one of the top teams in yeah, the NFC. Yeah, number and, one seed. And, and that's something that I think as an organization we got to embrace more of. Yeah. Um, and, and really understand what that means. I think we got to continue to learn how to win uh, in Jacksonville. And, and our guys are, um, 
we got the, we got the right guys. We right. got the right quarterback. We got the right leaders on that team. And um, it's just a matter of just each year you just just fill in some pieces and, and continue to work. But you know, the end of our season was not the expectation we wanted. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for whatever reason, we got to learn from it and move on. When, when you say, like, learn to win and stuff like that, you know, like we kind of brought it up when you played the 49ers, right? That was almost like I think you guys came off the bye week or maybe they came off the Both bye of us week. Did. Both of you did, right? Both of us did. And I thought, well, maybe this will be a good experience for the Jags to kind of see what a you know Super Bowl caliber team, the intensity. You know, I guess elaborate on what you mean by learn how to win and do that. Well, I think I think if you look at it, and that, that's, a, that's a good game to look at because – you know, we're both coming off the bye. Yep. Um, they had a, just had a three-game losing streak, and we we had won some games in there. I think five in a row potentially yeah. uh, before the bye, and and that's where you got to start making your push. And and I saw it with their team. I saw it with our team. It's not that we didn't we didn't want to win or you know wanted to go play hard and play physical. You just saw a different level. You realized um, they were like hey, that they were that they were yeah, there. They they, they were consistently one of the teams in right. the NFC and, and and that's where I want our team to get to. And I think that's part of the winning culture. Um, and granted, we've done some great things in 2 years and we and we've turned some things around down there, but obviously not where we want to be, not where I want to be. And um, but that's a that's a good game to really focus on and, and say hey, we play better in that game. You know, maybe right. you got a shot down the stretch. Yeah. And, and we, listen, we we played Cincinnati tough on Monday night. We, we played Baltimore Ooh. tough until the fourth quarter. Right. Um, you know, we were right there with Cleveland at the end. You know, and the turnovers and different things. So we're close, but uh, close doesn't get you much. Yeah. Yeah. When did you, after the eight and three start? When was the moment, if there was one, that you realized this thing is going to go sideways on us? I honestly don't think it ever. I ever had that feeling. You know. Um, the guys, you know, the guys were still in the moment. They were still present. Um, you know, practices were good, you know, and sharp. I just think, I just think that, that I just think that, that, that there's a there's a there's a belief. There's a there's a trust. There's a there's a, a want to and a desire, um, you know, to just to go out and continue to to win and, and to play great. And and you know, yeah, we had injuries late in the season, but so did every other team. You know, uh, we turned the ball over. Maybe we turned it over more than than others, but we got to make sure we, we don't do that. And, you know, it, it's just it became a – the rest of our season was like, hey, if you win this game, you're in the postseason. Yeah, if you right. win two out of the next four, you're in the postseason. So we never felt like we were ever out of it. Yeah, got you, got you. When, when you, when you um, look at the AFC right now, you being an ex-quarterback, right – are you amazed right now about the quarterbacks you're dealing with? Right? I mean, I mean, am I crazy to think it's as rich and as good as we've ever seen? I mean, I just look at our division. Um, that's, well, that's kind of where know, I was going. And, and you look at C.J. Stroud. You got Anthony Richardson coming back. Jeez. Will Levis. You know, had right. a lot of playing time this year, and, and see where his his career goes. And then Trevor Lawrence. That's just our division. And then you look at the AFC. You're always going to deal with Pat Mahomes, right? I mean, that's that's the team. You know, you, you got to beat right in the AFC, and and you look at Lamar Jackson, and you look at the Chargers. I mean, you just keep going down the down the list, and and it's a um, it's exciting for our sport, it's exciting for the league, but it's tough for AFC <laughs> yeah, uh, tough. AFC foes <laughs> to tough, uh, to play these guys every week. All right, so how about your own quarterback? Right this year, I you know it wasn't a regression. He dealt with injuries, maybe didn't play as good as he wanted to. Right, but what what did you take away from it through Trevor? What he got better at? Maybe what he needs to you know work on a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I think I think you know it was a step in the right direction for Trevor. Um, yeah, the injuries are obviously a part of the game, and and he played through um, his his share yeah, of injuries. Right. I I think the biggest thing that we've got to really focus on is is the giveaways. You know, making sure that we take care of the football because listen, he's he he's got it in him. Yeah, he's going to do it. It's the guy that you know we're going to put in. You know, put the ball in his hands every single Sunday and, and let him go win the game. He's capable of doing that, and that's what we're excited about, Trevor. And 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 I do believe there's still a lot of room to grow with him, uh, taking his game. You know, again, you know, watching watching what Pat does, Pat Mahomes does in between series on yeah. the sideline, and how he interacts with his team, and how you know, uh, it's those things like there that taking that step in that direction and being that leader. Um, all those things that that Trevor possesses, you saw it in college yeah. at Clemson, and we saw it last year, first year, and or two years ago, and then even last year. So, keeping him going in that direction, right direction, um, easier said than done. Yeah, give me a specific yeah. on how you go about yeah, coaching good. a guy good. away from turnovers. 
I think it's got to be a constant um, communication. I think you got to show him why he turned the ball over. Was it, was it a decision that he made? Did he Was it an accurate throw, inaccurate throw? Was he careless in the pocket? Was he loose with the football? I think all those things play into being able to take care of the ball better, right? And then just, just continuing to talk to him. It's okay to throw the ball away. It's okay to slide. It's okay to punt the football from time to time. And, mm-hmm. and, um, but those are all ways that we can continue to help him grow in that area. You, you led me with that answer there. What, and we just had Big Red. Right and damn Brett Favre, who was the turnover champion of the world there for yeah, a while. At what point did they just give up on well, trying well, to get? Yeah, Brett how did, what, did, what did Andy used to do to you back in the day? What did he say? It just kind of came there. Like what, what did he say to you guys and, and well, Brett especially? <laughs> he just came up to us and said, "Hey, don't turn the ball over anymore." Um, but you know, those are things with with guys like that. I mean, that's the that's the beauty of guys like Brett, you know, and in, in, in the Hall of Fame type quarterbacks. They might throw three interceptions, but they're going to throw four touchdowns yeah. in the same game, yeah, and they're right. going to come back and beat you in the fourth quarter. And right. and um, those are all the things that, you know, I, I know Trevor can do. He's done that for us, and we're excited for him and, and the future and the growth and development of, of working with him. What's, what's big with you when you meet quarterbacks here, like this week, for the first time? You know, is it the talking ball? Is it just the presence? Is it how he handles Like, well, what's kind of – I think it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. Obviously, how they walk in the room, how they handle themselves, but – are they genuine? Yeah. You know, um, you can kind of tell the canned answer, right? right? You know, when you talk to these guys, right. and just when, and then when you do talk ball, it's just how well does he understand scheme? How well does he understand defense? You know, what is he looking for here? What what is what's his progression? Can he can he recall plays? You know, from yeah, you know, previous four, year, five months ago, two, or, right? You know, right, twenty twenty two, whatever it might be. You know, so those are all the things that I look at, and, and really, I want to put on the film. And I want to see him stare down a zero blitz and make a uh, you know an 18-yard throw down right. the middle on a on a rope and get hit and bounce up and get right back in the huddle and do it again. Yeah. To me, that's that's a sign of a guy that you want on your on your team at, at quarterback. Right. You know, on the issue of the canned responses that you always get from the players, has there ever been an effort to get the agents to just stop it? Like, let the real guys come in. It makes it easier for us. It's better for everyone. We're going to find out eventually who the guy is. There's no point creating a false impression now that we buy and then we find out later this isn't what we thought we were getting. Yeah, and that's a good point. I think think that's something that, um, you know, it's going to be ongoing discussions with all of that. But you're right. I I think with the agents and and, and some of these – you know, uh, organizations and, and, and whatnot, they're, obviously it's their job to prepare the player, right, to make sure that he's um, – I don't want to hear the answer that they think I want to hear. Yeah, right. I just want to be honest with me. Yeah. Be open because, again, like to your point, we're going to find out. Sure. Yeah, we're ultimately yeah. going to find out through through all of our study and research and talking to people and especially once you get them into your building and all that. But just, just be genuine. Just be open and honest. Be transparent with us because bottom line is – you know, we're going to find out eventually, and, and um, you know, can you play? Yeah, that's right. That's well, we that appreciate is. your time. Super Bowl 52 champion, trying to be calm, along with a few others out there, the first <laughs> coach to win Super Bowls with two different teams. All the best moving forward. Thanks, as always, Thank you. for some of your time. We'll be back with more PFT Live from the Scouting Combine right after this. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it, guys. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet. Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
Here we are at the scouting combine in Indianapolis, the various podiums where the coaches and the GMs are talking, and some of them, when they're done or before they go, stopping by to visit with us now. Believe the Browns general manager, Andrew Barry. Playoffs, great season, exciting to watch. Not a, I mean, look, only one team's ultimately That's happy, right. but you can still be happy about what was yeah. a very good season for the Browns. Congratulations. No, thank you, Mike. And I'm incredibly proud of our players, our coaches and staff. Um, you know, really pleased with what we did in 2023. Uh, but now we turn the page and uh, the focus is on improving so we can go uh, a little bit further in 2024. You guys realize like how crazy the year was? Like, does it, like, the whole organization realize like what you guys went through, how you kind of finished, I mean, how you played, everything? I'll be honest, it was a little bit of a blur, Chris. Yeah, right. But right. Um, you know, we always talk about that um, we talk about being resilient uh, and the fact that adversity is always going to hit regardless of what team you are in the NFL, whether you're 11-6 and six or 6-11, six and 11, uh, and be really, really being ready for those crisis moments. And um, I'm just really proud of our group for being able to adapt and, and persevere through it and ultimately um, you know, accomplish something that, that we're all very proud of. Today. Yeah, right. Five different quarterbacks starting and November 20, the decision was made to put Joe Flacco on the practice squad. What was the moment that made you decide it's time to hit the Joe Flacco button? Yeah, so uh, I would say to put him on the active, it was largely once uh, Dorian got his concussion after the Denver game. But to bring Joe in, uh, you know, after Deshaun got hurt, uh, we always actually felt very strongly as as Joe was one of our top, you know, what we would call, uh, you know, emergency list options at at quarterback. Um, Once we got through that week, our major question was, well, Hey, I'm kind of surprised this guy hasn't been anywhere. Is he actually in shape? Does he like? Does he still want to play? Right. So we actually brought him in for a workout. He was in great shape. He could throw like he's like Nolan Ryan. He'll yeah, be able to throw the ball until he's like 75 years old or right. something like that. Right. And uh, we decided, I was like, all right, well, like he's ready to go, but let's try and you know acclimate him slowly. Well, that that lasted like one week, and it was like, <laughs> go, okay, you're you're going to be our starter against the the LA Rams. So we were uh, fortunate that he was available. He did a phenomenal job. Um, you know, Kevin did a phenomenal job with him, and obviously we're glad that we signed him. It was never any, like, back, you know, room plan. To like, so they kind of just all happened organically with Flacco. Yeah, really. I, I like to say that uh, it was more deliberate than that, but, um, you know, Joe Flacco was not on the bingo card going into the 2023 <laughs> season. That's all right. You did a lot of other things that were deliberate <laughs> well, that were damn good. And, and it was that weird period of time, too, where he was your starting quarterback and he wasn't even on the roster. Yeah. He reverts back to the practice squad. Yeah. And you had to sweat it out because somebody could have come along and signed him off the practice squad. You know, for, fortunately, Mike, we felt pretty good. Um, you know, Joe... Joe wanted to be with us. He had a good opportunity. He also knew that we were working through. I mean, obviously we played five different starting quarterbacks, but uh, we were pretty banged up throughout the whole year. He knew it was kind of a short-term appointment. It was like, hey, we kind of need to get through this week so that we have a, uh, you know, we have you know this for the kicking game. Yeah, right. And then we'll get you up to the active roster at the appropriate. Yeah, so time. he knew so it was he, coming. He knew he knew it was coming, right. and, and and we felt really good about do, it. Do uh, all right. So this is a weird one, right? Because the year was awesome. Mm-hmm. I know it didn't end the way you mm-hmm. wanted to against Houston. But also, there was people like us that were like, I mean, if the Browns keep winning with Joe Flacco, they're going to make things very interesting or a lot of drama in Cleveland. Is there a party that's a little bit like, hey, you know, I know it stinks we lost, but now we can – it's Deshaun Watson's team, and he can be that guy. Yeah, I, I think that from us, we, we always want to go as deep as possible into the playoffs. Yeah. I think at times – there can be a lot more external noise than there maybe is internal noise, sure. you know, within organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, like that really didn't, hasn't really played a factor into, you know, our thinking, certainly going to the postseason. Gotcha. We wanted to win the game. Yeah, yeah just I hear it. that. You know, they, hear just, that. they just outplayed right, us. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we're looking forward to Deshaun's return next yeah, year. Certainly. How important is it that in year three with Deshaun Watson, this five-year contract, that it all settles down? And I know that you can't control injuries, mm-hmm. but he, how important is it for him to come in and have a big year and live up to that contract? Yeah, I, I think we don't even think about it in terms of necessarily living up to a contract. We just want him to be available. If he's available, um, you know, we know that he can play at a high level. We were pleased with how he was playing uh, before he injured his shoulder against Baltimore. Um, you know, every team wants their starting quarterback available for, for 17 games, and, and we're no different. Um, but we really are excited about the future with him. You, you, the team you've accumulated, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you got studs everywhere. Yes. That's a credit to you. I mean, it's 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 phenomenal. It really is. Is there one guy that maybe has surprised you or surpassed? I mean, I, I don't want to sit here and list everybody off because you do your defense, especially, is a bunch of all stars almost. 
But uh, anybody that succeeded at your expectations, or you were like, wow, he's been better than I even expected? Yeah, I, actually, probably the, the one who I had high expectations for but didn't necessarily assume that he would acclimate as quickly is DeWan Jones this oh, last year. Yeah, I and hear I, you there. And, and DeWan in particular – um, because he came into the league with maybe a little bit of a, a stigma. So big, yeah, slow-footed, yeah. can he really do this? Yeah. Right? yeah, and then he also had this, well, hey, look, he loves basketball. Does he really love – like all the, the kind of narrative. Yeah. And so I'm just really proud. You know, he had to be our starting right tackle the third quarter of his first game of his rookie year. And to see the progress that he made over the course of the season, um, we were all incredibly, incredibly proud of him. So that would, that would be the one for me. Yeah, that, that was a pretty damn yeah. special one. That was a good one. This is the time of year, in addition to the Scouting Combine, Competition Committee is meeting, going over potential rule changes. Teams can propose rule changes as well. Any team can propose anything they want. Sources close to me tell me that the Browns are considering something that should have happened automatically, needs to happen. Tell us what the Browns are are uh, going to suggest if you haven't already suggested the league. Yeah, do. so so we did submit a proposal that would you know move the trade deadline back to after week ten games. Um, us and a few of the other clubs around the NFL, um, and you know we're big proponents in terms of maximizing the flexibility that teams have um, to build their rosters, especially as you get into the the stretch run and and, and the postseason. And to what you alluded to, Mike. Um, there was really no adjustment with the trade deadline after the regular season expanded to 17 games. Um, one of the reasons that we chose Week 10 was to, to maybe proactively correct that, but also to be a little bit forward-facing in terms of if we do come to a, a situation where the regular season is expanded again, um, we can be proactive with the trade deadline's positioning. So yeah. it's one week to catch up for Week 18 and then another week in the event there's a week 19. No, and that, that's, that's correct. And the other thing I'd add is we also were sensitive to the fact that, you know, one of the, one of the concerns that people have with moving trade deadlines is just the cont- competitive integrity of the season um, and the idea that, hey, if you have the trade deadline too late, do you have a, too late, do you have a situation where um, teams are offloading players or, or you, know, you know, dumping players, so to speak. Uh, and one of the things that we looked at is, you know, over the past 10 years, um, the earliest that a team has been eliminated teams from are not out of it yeah that's exactly is, is, right is, never is, has, has been week 11 right. and that's only happened twice okay and by week 10 you usually have 27 or more teams that are within two games of a wild card spot with seven or eight games to play right. so we felt like that was an appropriate marker given the current regular season schedule potentially the future regular season schedule and um, maintaining competitive balance we're big fans of that without a doubt it's well, too I'm, early. I'm a fan of no trade deadline at all until i i would well, because I, it's not like a fantasy football right league where the dad and the son are in cahoots like you you, if you have a trade you want to make and you're going to give them value and they're going to accept it who cares if it's week 13 or 14 or 15 mike you and i are 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 (laughs) like-minded in that regard (laughs) i I can under i I can this is a good this is a good compromise i do like that i really do (laughs) we were always a little bit annoyed (laughs) with like wait why are we these teams don't even you know let's wait a little longer and let them figure out what the issues are to the football team All right, I have, I've asked this of a few AFC West teams, right? I, I want to know your thought on this. When you think about your team getting better next year, do you think about it in totality of the AFC, or do you think about, wait, I just got to win the AFC North because if we can do that, we're damn good enough, and that'll be enough? That's a great question. Totality of the AFC for us. Okay. Um, and largely because the division is super important, obviously, but that is only – six of your 17 games yeah. like you do have to you have to do play other teams right um and so i don't necessarily believe in building the team or building the roster that is like so tightly fitted to your division because you are going to have to beat a wide variety of getting the playoffs to, you're going to see yeah, teams with other exactly. styles right exactly. okay yeah i get that there yeah i, I always wondered that because there is two schools of thought that's right right where you know you see some teams worry about the division and then other teams that don't right so all right so your team right now yeah, we talked about super talent. Doesn't seem like you have many holes, right? But without you know telling us too much, where's kind of some spots you're looking to to help out the roster? Yeah, so it, it's look, it's no secret we're we're pretty uh, we're pretty no first uh, round pick this yeah, year. No, no first round pick, but right. we're pretty philosophically we're pretty consistent. Um, it's no secret that we value the quarterback position really highly. Probably like all the all the teams in the NFL. Um, look, I came from Philadelphia, so we like linemen. Yeah. Right? We like linemen. <laughs> you like big, you like big dudes. Um, and, and we like premium positions that, that affect the passing game. So 
regardless of where we are in a given offseason, um, we are going to continually invest in those areas because we think they have the highest impact in terms of winning games on the field. So that'll be probably a consistent refrain every time that you talk to me right. because we do believe it so strongly in terms of winning a championship. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. You got one of the great running backs in the NFL and Nick Chubb. He had the devastating knee Ugh. injury week two in Pittsburgh. He's under contract for another year. It's a big number. We know what the running back market is. We know what it can and can't support. Where do things stand with Nick Chubb health-wise, and do you expect him on the team this year? Yeah, so starting health-wise, um, you know, Nick, he's been in the building every day. He's, um, he's worked his tail off. I think everybody who knows Nick knows he has and will continue to do everything in his power to get back, and he's progressing as appropriately. It's still early in the injury, um, but we are optimistic in terms, of, in terms of his progress so far. Um, we understand that that you know Nick's roster status is a uh, is a popular topic. You know I I understand it's the elephant in the room, um, but nobody wants to see his final carry against Pittsburgh be his his last snap in Cleveland. And understanding that there is you know potentially work to do to get you know to get to that point, um, but but nobody wants to see that to be his last snap as a Brown. The salary cap at two fifty five point four. What did you expect it to be? Um, so I would say that was in the range of our we rather than um, I'd say project a singular number we actually do a range of scenarios call it like an aggressive scenario a mid-case scenario and a conservative scenario um, and we do our planning based off of that so that was in the range of possibilities for us but certainly it was a, a pleasant uh, a pleasant surprise that that the calf came in that high I it is amazing oh. that they kept it's yeah. insane. Yeah. So it's long, insane. Because there's a team thinking low 240s. Yeah. Right. No, it's, it's, uh, I, sure I can guarantee you there's, 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 <laughs> I can guarantee you there's, there's no team that was disappointed with yeah. that news. <laughs> yeah, so. All right. Last one. I know you guys, you know, are analytics, right? I know most of the league is. It feels like you guys maybe are more than others. I think that's probably fair. Okay. All right. Good. I didn't, I'm not trying to, <laughs> no, you know, you're fine, say anything. But, I mean, the Super Bowl and that conversation, the overtime thing, right? I mean, we've kind of been asking everybody, because we don't think there's necessarily a right answer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But, like, are those things you had already delved into and you had a pre-planned package plan? Yeah, they are. They are. There's something that we talked, out, talked yeah. about pretty regularly. Right. Um, and then we talked about extensively before the, uh, you know, before the postseason. Right. Um, to Because the rules are different, right? Yeah. They're different than the regular yeah. season. And uh, we want to make sure that the people that are making those decisions, particularly your coaching staff, um, are aware of the pros and cons, and, um, and ultimately what our game management folks would suggest. Yeah, got you. So you were you go in with a solidified yes. plan of how you'll yes. attack it. That's cool. So what was it? <laughs> <laughs> I would tell you, but I have to kill you, Mike. So. <laughs> you would probably like to kill me for other reasons, and you would make a lot of other people happy. Join the list, including Chris. <laughs> Thank you. This no, is great. No. We appreciate some of your time. Hope no. to do it again. Thank you guys yeah. for having me. Andrew no, Barry, sorry. Cleveland Browns general manager, will be back with more PFT Live right after this. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet. Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.